rehabilitated? Well, now, let me see. You know, I don't have any idea what that means. Well, it means you're ready to rejoin society. I know what you think it means, honey. To me, it's just a made-up word. A politician's word, so young fellows like yourself can wear a suit and a tie and have a job. What do you really want to know? Am I sorry for what I did? Am I? There's not a day goes by I don't feel regret. Not because I'm in here, because you think I should. I look back on the way I was then. A young, stupid kid who committed that terrible crime. But I can't. That kid's long gone. This old man is all that's left. I gotta live with that. Rehabilitated. It's just a bullshit word. So you go on and stamp your form, Sonny, and stop wasting my time. Because I tell you the truth. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up! I back it up! That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just gonna sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy is such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight, and that fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> hope to God you come ready. Hi, Michael Morgan, and welcome to this special edition of The Wocast. Joining me, as usual, is G from Wo TV. Hey, hey. What's up, Mike? Well, I'm quite excited about this episode because the internet has been abuzz with the fact and the news that Paul Kelly, Paul Tellis Kelly, is now a free man. He has spent his time basically behind bars, and um, it's only right that we speak to Paul, and uh, let's give him a call. Well, I was about to ask you the same question. You've come home from a stint for those who are um, quite, well, keen to hear about your story and for those who've only read about it through, you know, the medium of the internet and the newspapers. You've just come home from what originally was a 13-year bid, right? 13 years. Wow. Known for the screamers. Before we get into the, the, the ins and outs of, of where you, you've, you've been, this weekend we have an incredible matchup between Conor McGregor and an old foe of yours, um, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. It I was. Last night. Oh, really? It was. I, don't know he's got it. I haven't checked my messages. My me, me, me inbox has been crazy since the promo, but it, it's been playing on my mind. So I just messaged him last night to wish him luck because, you know, we shared, we shared the cage. We shared, we shared that moment in, in Vegas where, you know, he took the victory, but it was it was a good fight and sell him money. And that that's just the thing. This was his first time in the UFC, having transitioned from WEC, and it was your last time 
in the UFC as he basically um, gave you your P45. I mean, what are your feelings? You know on that point, yeah, you know, I watched that for the... Everyone fucking said what he said, whatever. It is what it is. I'm not asked either way. Um, but last night I watched it. Michael Grundy, you know Mike Grundy, I was cowboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I'm just watching your fight here. You stole it on him. Now, I watched it back. Now, if you watch me fight with Paul Taylor, same kind of start, bang, let close. So it is what it is. But it does look like I fucking stole it on him and then punched him. But if you watch it, he steps out, rolls back and goes for the takedown, which is, you know, if you're touching gloves and I'm going for the takedown or touching gloves and I'm punching him. You know yourself, if you fought before, everything's microsecond, split second. Oh, definitely. And it's reaction to split second. So... I don't know. I didn't genuinely look 100%. I've done me jail. I've been out the UFC. 100%. I didn't intentionally steal it on him. If I did, what is what it is. But moving past that. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean... You just, know what I mean? I'm not a, I'm not a bullshitter. I, I say it. I, I try and stay as true as I can. I mean, just on that... You've obviously been keeping an eye on what's happening with McGregor in terms of prowess and what's happening with um, Cerrone in terms of prowess. Who exactly are you going to be rooting for this Saturday and who do you see coming away the victory? I'd I'd like Cerrone to get it because I think it's going to be his last one, isn't it? I'd like him him to win. I'd like him to go out on high. I mean, the kid, he's never never talked. He's been in some fucking... He's he's got every record. You know, Mm -hmm. he deserves that swan song to leave, don't he? Paul, you think he's gonna um, retire after this? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's his swan song. I think this. After this, he'll hang them up. He's got a kid now. His mm-hmm. body must be beaten up because he's competing. Like, look, I've been in the shovel, so mm-hmm. my body's had time to rest. I've had time to think. In that moment, by the time your fight camp finishes and the whirlwind that is the UFC, mm-hmm. the press, the interviews, the lifestyle. It's non-stop, so once your fight's finished, you'll have a, what you think's a day off, when in reality it's a couple of weeks, but you sleep back into the mix and you're going again, so he stayed very active, honey, I think. You know, he can't fight forever. I think if he wins this fight, he retires me. I, 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 I would, <clears throat> if it was a better man, I'd bet that. Yeah. Um, I could see it. I could see that as well, and I kind of agree with you. He's been through a lot, and he's had a lot of wars, so, I mean... I would be I would be surprised because he hasn't mentioned it, Paul. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he walked away. He deserves yeah, it. Yeah, he does deserve it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You never really leave. You never really leave a fight bitter against anybody because if at that level, yeah, we've all learned yeah. our stripes. We've all learned our placement in in the octagon. So you men, you know, if you lose to a man, you, you shake his hand and and, and that's it. So yeah, I've always, I've always win or lose. I've got respect for for anyone I've ever fought. So you've never had animosity with anybody that you fought I afterwards. Yeah, he's a bitch. All he done was, <laughs> I was calling his honest, honest. I was calling his mum for everything, everything I could think of. I was trying to cut. I was trying to just get so he could punch me, but he just wouldn't hit me. Would he? he just pin me down and held me down, and he won the fight. But that's why he lost one fight and got cut after what ten straight victories. Oh wow. Yeah, you don't even know him, do you? No, I'm familiar with him. See, yeah. turn him on yeah. about. He's only got famous because he called Obama so, and he's just a weasel. Just you know, the sport is MMA. The sport isn't jujitsu or isn't wrestling. It's a sport right. of fighting and bringing your A game and making it exciting. It's a, it's a spectator sport. So for me, it was always about bringing that excitement and earning me bonus. Oh, Not yeah. that it done me any good when I got when I got caught. 
No, I remember him, and he was he was a bit of a dick, and he did make those controversial comments about Obama, and yeah. So uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna agree with you on that one. <laughs> so Paul, let's just cut straight to the chase. We're talking the beginning, um, basically, of you finding your way after you'd left the UFC. And all of a sudden, you know, the papers are full of news that you've been arrested. You're this big drug kingpin. You're at the center of it all. And you're going down for 13 years. Just put in context for us. I mean, obviously, you spent your time. But let's just put in context for us exactly your role in all of this. Were you the you big know, drug pin, you drug know, kingpin? And truthfully, right? This industry is full of frauds and people who like to pretend to be something to not. Yeah? yeah. I've never tried. I've never... I've never put that mask on and I've always been me. But there is a lot that goes on behind the scenes that who would know unless I tell them. And I have never told anyone because scouts don't voice these things. We're quite... Um, we play stuff down. I, I am who I am. I, you know, I've ne- see, see that? I'm trying to say what I'm... But, I, you know, it is what it is. It's like... Um, I've never changed. Maybe I should have. Maybe I should have fucked off to California and never come home. But I didn't. I'm a Scouser. I've always lived here and I've always been. My pals have always been my pals and I've always been me. Can I be really frank with you, um, Paul? I grew up in a place called Tottenham and, you know, in that area, um, basically, there are many people just like yourself giving off that vibe. You know exactly when you're around a bad man. You know when you're around somebody who is basically a roadman. You, I have to say, you know that I've been around you a while. Are we talking about somebody now who has 100% um, hand on heart can say that they were as clean as a whistle? Listen, I got... And I don't mind speaking about this now, and I never would previous. But um, post, um, post, I forgot his name. Bad dad, isn't it? That's how stupid I am. Okay, so Paul Taylor, my second fight was the boxer. Um, he beat me. Marcus Davis. Marcus, sorry, I just couldn't get his name out. Oh, mm-hmm. second, so post Marcus Davies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I took a, I took a machete across my face and lost a couple of teeth. Now no one would have ever seen that in the paper, but that was for me. Um, I had a balaclava on, so it stopped me neck coming off. Um, oh wow! So, so that was for me. Was for me to go look. I'm gonna see. I wasn't. I wasn't a kid that went to a gym. To learn how to fight and fought. I was one of the lads who could fight and enjoyed fighting. I earned probably more before the UFC than I'll ever earn in my life. Yeah. But that's that's it, that's the old me and that's not me now. Mm. But to speak truthfully and honestly. Um so after I took that that machete across the face, that was me. It I took a little step back and I just said, Look, you know, maybe I used to get a cob on if anything was happening and, and I wasn't involved. I'd be like, whoa, 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 what the fuck? But now, after that, I took a little step back then. And I never really um, stayed out of it a little bit. Because a couple of inches lower, my head was coming off. Yeah. And 
um, I've got the scars for it. So that for me was when I took a little, a little tiny step back and just thought to myself, it's never changed me. I'm still the same guy. I just uh, so when I got nicked, it is what it is. The, the the police give me 13 years for what I should have got six years for. Um, Paul, how hard was it to kind of change your lifestyle like that? If you're making like a shit ton of money and even though that was a violent act, how hard was it to turn your back on it? It wasn't even that, that it was the violent act because it wasn't really that fussed on that. It was, uh, it was just me having a word with myself and going, come on, lads, you, you know, you're fucking getting up. You're signing autographs here and then running around like a ticket of a night, just hyped down a little bit. So, um my mates are going to hate me for this conversation with later on. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just, I, I, I took a step back from that point. So yeah. then years down the line when I do, when I do get nicked, I think everything that I've done before and that I'd never been arrested for or like the, the fact that I was in the UFC, I think that come back and bit me on the ass, and, you know, mm. I got, I got to jail for all that. But look, I would never change my path or my journey. I would never choose a different path, and I embraced it. I done a degree, and I kept me nuts on. And like I said, it's I was I was okay there. I was all right there. I mean, just talking about being all right there. I take it that there were people in there who not only looked out for you, but you looked after them with a certain degree of camaraderie. But just let's just cast our mind back to that first night when you were being processed. Just talk me through exactly what happens when you're actually going through those steel gates and they close behind you. Just talk me through the process of actually getting acquainted with um, with jail time. Okay, so here's how jail went for me. The minute I turned up in the jail, I had a screw knock on my door with a bag Tied top at the very top, as thick the bag was as, as big as it could be of a welcome pack. So when people turn up in jail, they don't even have a fucking toilet roll. Wow. When oh I turned up in jail, I had a dressing gown and a pair of fucking slippers oh and everything God. else that goes with it. So I was okay when I got there, and that was only because I had loads of pals that were there, and they knew I was coming because this city is like a pond, and um. So when I, and then the screen knocks and goes, yeah, this is for you. And then you see all the other lads thinking, fucking hell. <laughs> What's happening here? Hey, mate, can I borrow a magazine? But um, <laughs> as day I went, um, <laughs> me, me being, me, I'm, I'm not a rat, I'm not a wrong and I have a good reputation for, for being honest. So I have a, not many people can say a bad word about me. So even in, even in that criminal world, um, People know me for being me. Question about people knowing you and being in a correctional facility. Um, when you show up and you're a former MMA fighter, do people respect you or do they try you? No. That did happen. That has happened. And they that try is a funny you story or? and everyone's heard about it and I'm sure fucking it's half a cheesy one. It's honestly right one of the most told stories about me in prison, but yeah. I've got my partner sitting next to me, she's gonna punch me in the face and think. <laughs> I mean, just just for the uninitiated and for those people who, you know, obviously wouldn't have heard the tale, considering, you know, we do have 60% in terms of our listenership is US-based. Just talk us through you being tried in jail. Um, so, so when the courts come, 
when when you know you can imagine how bad you can imagine how bad um, cuts are in in the in the prison system when you see outside because look we're the lowest of the low no one cares about us they don't want us they want us in the dark ages with no TVs and, and no phones mm. and in reality you need phones you've got family outside you need to speak to so um so when the cuts come and, and then pricks you are in charge now um they really hit the prison system hard so they have no staff so for people if you're a good person you know I, I class myself as a good person i don't like to see people getting bullied um if you're a good person then the screws kind of need you need you more than you need them mm. so for me i work my ticket by I, I you know i was the same in school i never let anyone get bullied in school and on my wing it was a very it was you know it was whatever but else it was a peaceful wing and that was a lot down to me and, and, and a pal of mine and um, so I watched am I telling you this story yeah yeah okay now okay <laughs> so does it does it to tell a story it's easy <laughs> I'm cheesy anyway we've heard said okay so all right so there's a um, on on we have a we have a um it's on billets it's on billets and our billet at the top is hand-picked billet with all the lads on um so i'm at the top and cooking a bit of food and uh, uh they, they bring this big this big you see on friday haven't you yeah next friday yeah the best well you've heard your fingers what do you say um, yeah, no, I won't tell him, no. Yeah, uh, I say don't tell him the other lads, yeah. Because uh, you've got lads and he's, he's still away. Okay, so between between us, um, all the scouts stick together and all the Salford lads stick together and and, and they pretty much have, have dictatorship on the place. So um, I see this big, he's like Debo, whatever someone else has got. If he wants it, you're giving it to him. Oh, wow. Okay, so... Because our wing was peaceful and they couldn't move this guy anywhere else, they put him on our wing. So we're usually, the governor would come and say, look, uh, is he okay to come on? And I go, yeah, he sounds sweet, let's go. Um, so I said, for, for fuck's sake. And he was a nice kid, but he's just, he is what he is. He's been in jail since he was a, since he was a boy. So um, he's come on, I've gone over and, and you know, look, mate, do you know what we have around here? Yeah, it's nice and peaceful. If you need anything, you come and ask me, I'll get it for you. Don't hesitate to ask, you know, just fucking, let's just keep it nice and peaceful. All right, yeah, honest lad, that's not going to happen. It's going to be how it is. So, I, uh, we shook on it. Day one, I see him walking some kid into the sluice room. So I says to me, mate, oh, for fuck's sake. So I went down and, and um, contraband in there is very expensive. Whatever the contraband it was. And I said, um, that over that thing, he said, yeah, I said, okay, so that's mine. So, so uh, he's got, so, the, so as I've looked at the kids, you can you can hear it in my voice, you don't want to tell this story, but I do want to tell the story, okay? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're jumping at the bottom, I want to hear this story. All right, so, so it goes up and it goes, is this over your thing? Now, the kids looked at me like a rabbit in the headlights and gone, fucking save you, you know, yeah, yeah. I've gone, that's mine, now you can't have it. And the kid, credit to him, is genuinely 
an hard bastard. He puts 140 kilo on the bar and clean and presses it for fun. He's just a big knockout merchant. Wow. The Debo guy. Yeah. Right. So he goes, stay out of it. I go, I'm staying out of it, but that's mine, you know. Here's what it is. And he puts his hands up and he goes, lad, are you serious? Go to me room. No, I didn't think he was going to turn up in me room. So he goes to me room and there he is blocking the sunlight coming in through the window. He's a unit. Jesus. So he said, um, look, if this goes now, this is on you. I'm not asked. Now, granted, I only said I'm not asked because I had to, because really, I was asked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So he said, look, if this goes now, this is on you. And he went, I'm not asked. I went, fuck it, let's go then. So we go and we do our thing and, you know, Jiu-Jitsu plays its part and then followed by fucking... Um, street violence uh, when someone's asleep is slightly different. So everyone has, everyone's outside the room, and there's these two these two lads who everyone knows who are, who are fighting behind the door. Everyone's looking through. So um, yeah, I, I, without going into too much detail, the lad got really really beat up. He was hospitalised and whatever else. And the, the school thought I want to put him under my bed. I hadn't. I just moved him over. Um, so the excuse of coming, oh, fuck it, I can't tell a story because if I tell a story, it sounds like a cheesy twat. And a disrespect. But the lad, so the lad is a psychopath anyway, so if he hears this story, he'll know. So I've choked him asleep and I've mounted him and then grabbed him by the ears and I've woke him up and I just said, Well, you know, son, this is what you wanted. <laughs> and then he used that. Big massive bomb head I've got. Now you know yourself if you if you don't do jits, you can't escape mount. Yeah. So I'm locked behind I'm locked behind the door with the guy in mount and a head that weighs about three and a half stone. So yeah, I just put the head on him. I think I, I think and I think I put him asleep about fifteen times. You get him waking up and going back to sleep it's like a car crash, I think. So wow. his body went into shock and you know what happens when the body goes into shock. So yeah. Um Wow. No, no. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So after that, that story went viral right away across the prison system. So um, after that, I kind of pretty much it was like when you go to a school when you're younger, when you when you beat the cock at the school up, no one wants to fight you no more. <laughs> so, so from that point, everyone was here uh, was all right with me. Yeah. I mean, just on that, it does sound as though you being in a quite advantageous position that you obviously had a martial arts background behind you saved you, but I'm sure you heard or you saw situations around you, especially where they hide weapons and get weapons involved, where they weren't so fortunate. Someone's face getting cut off. I've seen them break his arm, hold him back, and then try and sore his face off. That's the... That's a, it's, a, it's only a cap prison, boy. It's not a cap prison. It's quite, it's quite a fucked up one. It's, I think it's called high security now, anyway. That's our baby in the background. He's <laughs> <laughs> Is there corruption as well? Are the guards no. on it? Do you know what? It's not that bad. It's not a bad of a place. It's just a community, oh. and a community has a community has a need for everyone on it. Yeah. So you know, if if it's a, if it's run right, if it's allowed, if if there's not not no and dis- screws can't discipline. So if there's no if there's no like structure, and when I say structure, I don't mean like I was the one structuring it and wasn't. What it is is I was the eye case. All the little bastards are all the little bastards are me. They're all the ones who were in doing life, whatever, you know, or mm. just little bastards. So 
there is always a structure and, and then when there's a structure it's not a bad place to live because you need that you need that community and you need that friendship because it's a lonely place yeah does that make sense so you know everyone everyone slags prison off they should be they should be this they should be that they sat behind the door with nothing some days doing 23 hours a day behind the door with channel one to five because everyone said they shouldn't have tv so you know it's it is especially if you've got no family and you've got no money because you only get 10 pound a week and they charge you one pound 75 but it's in the macro oh it's it's it's, honestly it's a it's if you look at prison from the angle i looked at it it's a really smart business plan and that's why jail jail sentences have gone they've doubled over the last couple of years haven't they well, that's, uh, yeah, especially the in the states. Yeah, yeah. The powers <laughs> that be need them in prison. The people that own the the people that own the prisons run the governments. Yeah, it is a money maker. Yeah, and you got to fill those prisons up. So that's but how like, you make so the money. The yeah. leg, leg prison now because I'm making my own skin crawl. That's a uh, this this coming out of prison. Do you know what it has done for me though? It gave me a lot of time to think and to uh, be in my own mind. Which isn't the most pleasant of places sometimes, because mm-hmm. um, you have a lot of time to think and you have a lot of time to analyze life. Yeah, but Paul, when you're in prison, how do you train MMA? Like, how do you stay focused on the game? And I couldn't train MMA because the screws knew it was me. No, the benefit of being an MMA fighter going to prison is that I got a gym or at least job easy, so I got to train twice mm-hmm. a day. Mm. was in bed at, you know, 7 o'clock every night because oh, wow. oh, wow. what's the point in sitting in a chair? So you yeah. sit in the bed and you wait. You, I, I, don't need, I don't have a degree while I, was, while I got 150 points. I don't have a degree. So that kept, me, that kept me focused on something. Reading out of books all night, I'd turn my telly off and then I'd watch Family Guy and I'd go to sleep. Mm. Mm. And that was it. Write me letters to my kids. And, uh, and, and you, you just have routine. So, and I'm, t- I'm 35 now, but I went to jail at 28. So for all that time, I've been to bed early. I've woke up on time. I've stuck to my routine. My nutrition's been, you know, shit, but as clean as I can keep it. I went vegan yeah. while I was in there, which I'm not a, but I just buy my own mackerel and my tins. So I've lived a pretty monk-style life. No booze, no no partying. It is. I'm, 30, I'm 35, but in, in my own head, I'm... 29 this year and that's just one of the things which i wanted to pick up on when you were talking about reflection how soon after you being incarcerated did it all first of all well did the self-realization of what had actually happened kick in and how soon had the regret actually started to to mount up as well right so here's where it kicked in i was just before i went because i was the, the move to California and moved to Orange County yeah right. and then I flew home for the funeral and, and I got nicked so um, I was done with it I was done with this country I come back oh, wow. so I'd gone from e- eating an acai bowl on a beach looking out the, on, on the Pacific Coast Highway yeah yeah to eating a potato pie right so grass bottom eating now potatoes in pastry with mashed potato and gravy. That's what my dinner was. Wow. And wiping my ass with fucking newspaper because the screws wouldn't bring no 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 uh, toilet roll to wow. my door. So wow. that was a that was a little bit of a that was fucking what's happened to me life. That was when uh, 
That was when I kind of um, <laughs> I had a bit of a down down moment. But in in reality, you know, jail either changes to drugs or it changes to books. So that's what I done. I got my head in the books. Now, in terms of when you actually went in, you had a really good support system of not just really close friends in and outside of the gym, but you had a, you, I think you were either married or you had a, a, a long-term girlfriend. How, how, um, well, how long was that support system in place for you after you were incarcerated? Because I take it things have, you know, changed around you in terms of your, well, your support system today. I've always had a good family down me and a, and a good good group of friends, but my previous my previous relationship with my kids that broke down. Um, but it is what it is. I'm, I, and you know, if that was if again, I'm not even asked. I, I was asked at the time for a short period of time, but yeah, weren't asked. I've got a new girlfriend now. I've got a new I've got a new baby. I still see my kids regularly. You know, I wouldn't change it. Fucked up stuff, but yeah, I wouldn't. Me, me, it, was a, it was a long-term relationship. And it, jail's hard. Jail's hard. It's a lot of strain. You don't speak to each other. You, sometimes you, 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 you're banged up for a long time and, you know, it just breaks down. So for the, for the, for the ones that, that lasted out, credit to them. And, you know, obviously getting you um, near the time of release, rehabilitated and sort of like reintroduced into society what does that actually look like is that a day release is that a week release oh, really honestly look really 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 hard that was harder than going in getting out was harder than going in really real what makes it so difficult yeah. it's just yeah. just adjusting and just seeing how much has gone by and trying to like uh, you kind of stuck between the old you and this new you and you hate everyone because you've been you, like life goes on outside but while you're behind the door you think everyone's ignoring you because you, you know you go you go to jail with a, a million pals and, and you come out and, and you, you sat there behind your door and no one's right you know no one's coming to see you and that so you, you realize very quickly that you've got very few real friends but so then when you get out you kind of fucking hating on everyone like fuck you i'm not asked where was you but in reality, in the grand scheme of things, that's passed me by now. Life goes on outside. And that's why when I still speak to the lads that are away now, I try and say to them, look, this point is being fucking twisted when you come out because in reality, lad, life goes on and life does go on. Yeah, I was going to ask if, like, um, did technology change on you? Like, what were some of the things that you had trouble keeping up with? I went out for a drink with my pals and I'm looking around. And I went, before I used to go out, I'd be scared. Take my iPhone out, one in case I lost it, or two in case my ex rang me on it. Think, fuck that, I'm going missing for a couple of days. But now, to just all stand them down, looking at the phone on the night out, and you think, what's the point? What's the point in coming out? <laughs> that is so interesting. <laughs> no, yeah. I've been in talks no more. They sit and have a scrum texting each other. What's happened? <laughs> I guess you'll have to adjust. We are all kind of like addicted to our phones right now, so... <laughs> support in in terms of support systems one constant which is seemingly uh, stuck with you is your love for mma and the support system of mixed martial arts uh, friends around you i take it that on your are you talking about we love for, for, for mma 
Yeah, that's right. My love's just in combat sports. I like fighting. I love fighting. You know, some people like playing football, which I did. I did become a massive Liverpool fan while I was away. I used to think you were a fan of Puffers who get stretches off a pitch when we go in with broken hands. Um, but I kind of get it now, and I'm, I'm a big Liverpool fan now. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. We got lost there. What, what was the question? How did I start talking about Liverpool? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I... We couldn't watch combat sports while we were in there. We couldn't watch, because they don't allow them. So the only oh, way really? I get combat sports is if one of the screws had slipped me a DVD of the fights the week the night before. So I lost, I lost touch with MMA massively. And then as I'm speaking with everybody in the same, you know, he's flying and the sports different and the sports this and the sports that. And I come out and I've been to a few different shows. Me and my partner have just been going and watching, and I don't see it. I think everyone, I think post Conor McGregor, everyone thinks the Conor McGregor. Everyone thinks they can stand three and a half foot away and throw a spin and back kick. You know, you need to telegra- send a telegraph first. Do you know what I mean? Paul, what do you think of the new breed of fighters now that you're out and maybe catching up with MMA? What do you think of these new fighters? Because they, they sure are well-rounded now versus before. Yeah, they, they, they show up to the UFC well-rounded. There's no more, oh, he's just good at jiu-jitsu. Everybody is coming out sharp. What do you think of that, and how will you fare against, you know, fighters like that? So, you know, in reality, though, mm-hmm. when I was in the UFC, you couldn't you couldn't rest on one discipline. You know, they were still well-rounded. I used to struggle massively against Division 1s, and that was, wrestling was, was a really weak point, but I think I think now it's it's caught up slightly, but in the UK it's never going to catch it. I'm American. They're doing it from kids. Yeah. They're doing it in the school yeah. program. They're always going to be a split second behind on a takedown or a or a defence. So we're never going to compete with that division one until it's introduced into the school program or you or you've got your kids in it early doors. What that doesn't teach you is them dark moments of walking through a crowd where they're spitting at you and calling your names. Because that's the way MMA was back then. It was a kind of, a little bit, um, it wasn't as popular since Conor McGregor came. So now Conor McGregor's on great and it, it, it's blew the sport up massively. But it's a popular thing now. Where back in the day, it was a taboo. It was, ooh, fucking now, who were they? I don't think he was any any less well-rounded. <clears throat> um, I'm quite, like, I've just been going out to Edward Till and Michael Grundy this morning. <laughs> um, I'm coming out and I don't know I'm holding my own I'm holding yeah. my own still yeah. I mean just sticking with MMA now yeah, I think everyone I think everyone's trying to be a show pony now oh. not everyone can be a show pony you can only be a show pony if you have the talent to be a show pony which is a, a God given gift which is what separates top teners from anyone outside the top ten they always find what's necessary to win that fight. And that could be something that someone outside the top 10 could do 10 times over, but never get it, because you'd never let them get it. But that top 10 who separates himself, because he's one of the top 10 in the whole wide world, he's that good to find that one thing, and you'll make that slight mistake that he'll capitalise on. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I, I'd say on that. 
So the big news on the street right now is that you're going to actually be coming back to MMA. You're coming back to MMA yeah. in March, right? Yeah. You know, first I'll of all, yeah. What 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 enticed you back? And and uh, I remember before you went inside, you were you were looking at big opponents like Paul Daly. Paul Daly was a name which was constantly on your lips. Do you know, Paul Daly is an absolute legend. He's a he's a boss lad. His game is fuck. He's he's been at the height of the sport since I went to my first MMA event. Um, I was running out to fight Paul years and years ago in in Cage Warriors for the Cage Warriors title, and that was when I couldn't really get matched up that good because no one no one would fight me. It was before the UFC took me. Yeah. Um, and then when we went in the UFC, our paths never crossed. And now he's flying in Bellator. Yeah, um, he's, doing, he's, doing, he's doing incredible work in Bellator. But you're now signed to Probellum, right? Probellum, yeah. Now, is that a one fight, two fight? Is that a three fight deal? What's the deal with um, Probellum? I'm just taking it by ear. I'm taking it by ear. I'm going to go and enjoy my night and see how I feel. And, and to be honest, if I can have... I've got, I see, I, I can't honestly say because I've got to walk that walk, I've got to stand behind the door, I've got to come out and I've got to perform. So if anyone wants to talk shit about and, and say how they are before they know that, the lion, all I can vouch for myself is I don't really fear fuck all, so I should be alright. So from Probellum, I'll, I'll happily stay with them, I would like to win a British title or a domestic title or any, any kind of title because I never got a world title in, in the UFC and I wasn't able to get a British title because I got signed to the UFC. Oh. I won a, I won a, um, I won a uh, middleweight title years and years ago, but it was a Mickey Mouse title. I've got to think I've got a picture of it somewhere, that's it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would like to, I would like to, I'm, I've been around all these shows. I went to Bellator the other week. I've been, I don't see it. I still think. I still think I've, I've got what it takes to the, to do that. And just talking about you know having what it takes. I mean, are we looking at a big name opponent for Paul Kelly, or are we looking at something which actually eases you back into the sport come March? I'm just. I mean, like I say, Probellum. If Probellum gave me one thing that. Joe Silver can tell you. Joe Silver in the UFC would send me an opponent through, yeah, and say, "What would you? What do you think about him?" My response would be to the same email every single time. Yeah, you do not need to ask me. Send the contract through. That was my always my response. Don't you don't need to ask. Send the contract through. Let's do it. I never picked a fight. I wish you fucking would have. <laughs> 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 yeah, I wish it was, but nah, it's just, it's just not in me to be that way. If someone says to me, no, come on, let's fight, I'm saying, let's go. So, um, I leave for Ballam to pick it. I leave for Ballam to, to match me up. Can I play matchmaker just for a second? How does this sound to you? You have a return fight on Probellum. You do really well. Probellum give you a one-fight release to go and fight in Bellator, and we see you and Paul Daly clash. How about that? Mm. Yeah, here's the reality of that. Yeah, Paul Daly deserves a title shot. So I? I wouldn't disrespect him. 
being in my position and calling him out. He deserves, he deserves, he's, he's earned his stripes. He hasn't been away, I've been away. If I was competing all the way through, I'd be, I'd be now saying, yeah. Oh, you're, break, you're breaking up a bit there, Paul. And, and I'd message him yourself because you speak to him regularly. He's a fucking good lad. Um, I think that fight should be because I don't deserve that fight with Paul. Okay. Not yet. Not until I've... You know, I, 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 I'm a, I, I always try and be as honest as I can and speak as truthful as I can and that way you don't set yourself up. Um, Paul's a legend and I think that I think that he goes. I think he gets. A, I think he gets a, a title shot. But I always said, if I come back, I don't want to go and fight some some young kid and give him an opportunity to build a name. I don't. I'd want to fight someone like Paul, and I would. And that fight probably will happen. But when I've uh, my stripes to, to call him out. Nice. That's hey, right, isn't it? That's right, isn't it? I'm right saying that, aren't I? Yeah, I think so. I'm not going to be some coming around going, yeah, I don't want to... Because, you know, he's fucking beat everyone. I've been in jail for six years, seven, six and a half years. He's been out here fucking ripping it up. Yeah. So, yeah. who am I to walk out and, and to, to, to front him? Definitely a respectable approach. But, um, Paul, let me... Did you see um, Ross Pearson in his uh, pro-bellum MMA fight? Yeah, what what were your it thoughts on a, the knockout? It gave me a silent moment. Ooh. You know, it was, a, it was a sobering moment. It was a wow. Um, but then I looked at Ross has been on a bit of a skid, Danny. Yeah. You know, I've never really been on a skid. You know, I lost to. I've got I've got two losses that I can say bit shite. Um, um, the one in India where I flew for thirty five hours, got off a plane, made weight on my own with no corner, and fought out and outside in the outdoor heat. Oh, wow. Because of my ego. <laughs> I'll be balls. Yeah. I'll be all right. Flew. Flew all, I, flew, I had to fly from Orange County to San Francisco. Then, from, then I had to go and see in San Francisco. I had to go to the Indian Delhi thing there. Then from there to Germany. Germany to New Delhi. New Delhi to Chantigla. Got off the plane. Made weight and forth out the next day outdoors in the heat. With me, with me, with me Cody, which is me co-conspiracy. Um, he was the only one who got a visa in time, and he didn't even have a st- <laughs> he didn't even have a stopwatch. Wow! <laughs> Honest to God, yeah. So yeah, um, what was his wow. name? Um, so Paul, in terms of yeah. what's keeping you busy outside of uh, mixed martial arts, what are the projects that you're yeah. working on? I understand you've got a, a, a restaurant, or is it a, a nutrition yeah. business? I set it up while I, I set it up at the ass end of me. Um, of me sentence. So when when the UFC asked me to go like wait, I really took a keen interest in nutrition. I've always been in I've always been interested in nutrition anyway. But I took a I, I took a keen interest in nutrition and how the body works and why we're so sick. That was one of the main things. Why 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 we so why there's so much cancer, why there's so much diabetes. Um so up while I was away, I'd read me me a dummy degree books. I never picked up one silly gangster book. We hold jail sentence. I'd read about nutrition and I'd study I'd study nutrition and so while I was away I've opened a I've opened a restaurant um, which is restaurant quality food but it's all clean, low glycemic, good quality fat, it's all good 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 food and and 
um, nutritional for the body. So I put that and, and that set up and, and that's busy. That's where I am now. I've just come back. I've just come back from my food after training. We had all the lads in here from Carbon yesterday. So, them. so is, is there, is there, is there a website? Jurassic Park. Is there a website well, where people can actually access your your um, your business or to order food from? It's Healthy Box. And then again, and, I, and I, I, me and my partner, we've got a gym where now the gym where is just gone through the roof. The gym where has gone through the roof and she, she's done really, really well with it. And that's called Healthy Box. So whoever's listening now, have a little look. Healthy Box Liverpool. And um, yeah. So I'm coming out. I'm coming at this, this, I'm coming at fighting with a completely different mindset, the more mature mindset and a more stable, humbled mindset where I'm not a superstar and I'm walking through town like I'm God's gift, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm really, um, I, I've come, I've come, I'm coming at it with a, with a totally different aspect and, 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 and this last six and a half years has been a serious life lesson. And I've seen, yeah, it's been a serious, serious life lesson. And I wouldn't change it. And it's more older than me. And it's, and it's, and it's hard me. And know, I was a little bastard before and so, yeah, <laughs> it's hard me. You know, one of the things that yeah. you just said there kind of made me feel perhaps there's a role for you in terms of public speaking because you're from a place where especially knife crime and uh, youth violence is at an all-time high. Have you got any like any inspiration given where you've come from to actually speak to the youth around violence, especially street violence? I think I think city, I think the city as a whole is a violent city but I, I, I put that on the fact that they don't teach the, the, that there's no combat sports in the schools if there was combat, because, you know, how many families don't have dads? So if your dad isn't taking you to the boxing, who's going to take you to your mum? Yeah. If your dad isn't taking you to yeah. MMA, who's going to take you to your mum? So then what happens then is instead of having a pair of balls and going, get out your car, let's go, you go sand and they come back and shoot your mum. So it's, it's because they can't fight, they resort to the only other way that they can resolve that with still keeping their reputation intact. Yeah. So they have... The, the lack of ability to fight forces violence because everyone's just as game. It's an it's inherent part of the city. We're game. We're game kids. We never back down. None of us will. You, you know, you'll never see you never see scouts bitch out. It's just how we are. It's how we're brought up. But then, if you're brought up and you you're taught to be game, but you can't fucking fight, then your only option is to go and get a knife or go and get a gun. So mm. I, I blame I blame that if, to solve. Gun crime and to solve knife knife crime, introduce a combat sport through the through the through the school program. Kids will be more eager to go and have a fight on a park and leave it at that, because that's just not the case now. They're just shooting each other and killing each other and just wasting lives, and it's a fucking a sad state of affairs. The amount of murders that go on in the city is a joke. That I totally get. Part, sorry, you know, <laughs> but that is a, that is. That's genuinely what I believe. We just think that the kids have no choice. They just can't fight. So what they do is they go and get a knife and stab each other or, or shoot each other. So or free going reputation. So would you, would you or are your children in martial arts? Is this all a my concept you want to teach all, them? All my kids go to the jiu-jitsu. 
So, so all, all the all the boys, I've got four boys and a girl. Oh wow! You know, they're not all mine. I'm mine and my partners. Um, the girl's the toughest out the lot. <laughs> Is she? <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, I try, I try and still to my kids to be an old-fashioned man. Oh good. To have all that old tradition and you know, look after your own, and if it's on, you know, walk forward. You know, don't don't be fucking get out and sit, get out and deal with it. Yeah. My two lads had a full fight on the past day, and um, my missus was, you know, snarling at me through the window. But after it was done, they shook hands, and that was it. Oh, and good. It teaches them all, yeah, because you know, otherwise it it just teaches them a little bit of grit. I was dead proud of them to be fair. <laughs> I was dead proud of them. They're only six, uh, six and seven. They were having a oh. full fight on the park. but it is what it is you know I just think I know that's a little bit taboo to some people but in reality it's teaching them to you know it's teaching them for life Mm -hmm. what are you going to do if you stand up with your partner and someone bumps into you you're going to go you know you've got to be a man haven't you yeah Paul I've got to admit this has been one of the realest interviews in all the eight years that I've been running the WOCast and um you can never call me a fraud I am who I am, like me or no, I'm not asked. I just try and stay. But that's why when I landed in jail, everyone knew who I was and everyone knows I'm dead straight and I am who I am. So that's a good thing, isn't it? That's fantastic. You can't, you can't upset no one by being a little sly ass or talking behind the back or being a fraud. Or Just before yeah. we wrap up, I mean, I know that there have been so many supportive people around you. Is there anybody that you want to thank now, whether they be a sponsor, whether they be a friend, whether they be anyone? I mean, the floor is yours, basically, you know, to give shout outs to people who need that recognition. Yeah, you know, I'd like to thank, and this is going to be cringy, and the lads are like me for it. My bird, I met my bird, and, and they are sending me my me, uh, jail sentence through, through it. And I am Robert from another jail, and I used to always see his bird on the way out. And uh, I was coming to the end of me to my sentence, and he said, "Look, you know, you're on your own." And look, everyone has phones in jail, by the way. I don't grasp myself up here, but um, so me and Jasmine met while I was away, and then we met on old-fashioned terms of you caught them before you go and have sex. You, you know the ins and outs of each other before you finally get to fucking bump and grind. So for us, it was a year down the line before we even got to got to. Uh, be on our own wow. and then we've been together well, f- five years feels wow. like ten well well no, yeah, <laughs> four years um, and then and then my dad and my brother uh, and, and my pals you know who they are who, who, who turns up all the time and uh, and come to see me because you know when you sat there and you're uh, I don't want to turn it into a fucking swan song a sympathy thing um, but that visit to turn up and come and see someone for two hours. Do you look forward to that all week? I get up at fucking I get up at six o'clock and start blow drying my hair and ironing my stuff and making sure I'm and you're only going to sit on a chair, you can't even stand up. But just to see somebody from the outside world means massive to a lot of people. To every to every con. So yeah, to, to everyone that's that stayed that support network while I was away. Um and stayed friends with me till, you know, the friends for life. And in terms of your journey now, I mean, where can people buy tickets for Probellum and how can they actually view so it? Tonight, 
tonight I put a link up on um, I put a link up on my Instagram. So my Instagram's Paul Kelly MMA. Um, and then I put a link up on that. Did you see the promo video they done? I haven't actually. We're gonna get a copy of that. It? No, it's good. No, it's we're gonna be me. You know, I'm real. I don't. Yeah. So little. All the lads phoned me and said, you're a dickhead, you cheesy cunt. But it is what it is. So, yeah, it is, it is me being me. Um, so I'm going to put a link up tonight. So when I post out, out the link underneath that, I'll give you access to tickets. Nice one. All right. And have a look at the promo video, so... Well, like I'm saying, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in touch with um, Chris so that we can get that actually linked up on the website so people can not only see the promo, but access tickets as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Nice. I'm over in the States, so I won't be able to watch your fight, but I'm wishing you the best of luck. And Mike will film oh, you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. else as well. Do you, know, do you know who did stay in touch with me all the way through me sentence? Who's that? He's tired now. I have loads of friends here, but Congo. Always stayed in touch. Check Congo. Oh, nice. Always okay. stayed in touch. Mike Bisbee always stayed in touch. And Ken Pavia. Oh, that's so, wonderful. So that's that's a lot difficult, more difficult for them to stay in touch from the other side of the world. You know what I mean? So I'm, I think I'm on Mike's podcast this week, which oh, will be right. funny because you know we haven't spoken to each other for a while. Oh, that'll be awesome. Nice. Right. Paul, well, lovely to talk to you, Stan. Thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for your candidness. You've been kind of like a, a, an uncut gem here. Seriously, it's been yeah. incredible hearing your story. Yes, well, thank William. you for sharing it with me. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Love All it. right, some of it was hard to speak because, you know, the way we are, you know, we don't really like the scouts don't really, we don't do flash or uh, flash cars and that's just not us. That's not how our culture is. So, yeah, it's hard for me to, to talk like that sometimes. Oh, well, it was well bye. appreciated. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care, Paul. Bye. Thanks, Bye-bye. Well, I have to say, I, I love the way in which Paul was really, really candid there. I can't think of anybody who's been so in-depth and um, just unabridged in terms of explaining what jail time was like. It sounded like it was a horrendous trip in there, especially the Debo moment had me kind of like on the edge of my seat. I mean, the whole jail story from the conditions to you know the Debo story it was just awful and it just makes you realize that like jail is a really bad place like we know it's a bad place but to hear it from someone that's in the inside it really makes it like real to you it's terrible what I like though is that you can hear how contrite and how apologetic he is being now for what actually went on and the fact that you know he's turned a corner now and he seems like he's he's doing some big moves in terms of you know the business that he's now established and you know getting back into mixed martial arts as well it's going to be an incredible um, few months as he actually gets reintroduced to the scene and i'm really really impressed with like the strides that he's making the reflections that he's had in prison because like it doesn't really sound like the facility where he was really kind of rehabilitates prisoners you know what I mean? So for him to be able to sounds like to come full circle, sounds it's impressive. Go ahead. Yeah. Man. And I was about to say, it sounds like you can sharpen your tools and hone your skills <laughs> in there rather than be a bit rehabilitated. Right. And wow. it's so funny when you think of jail, a part of us do think that 
they need to be rehabilitated. Not, it just shouldn't be just this dreary place. When you put them back in society, mm-hmm. we want them to be better people, and the jail should facilitate yep. that. It didn't sound like yep. that occurred with him, but he did it on his own, and that is commendable. Because a lot of people go to the dark oh, side man. in prison, and this guy came out with a, his head screwed on even tighter So and started a business and whatnot. So, I mean, more props to him. He wasn't in an environment what to shine, journey. you know? Mm. And what mm. a journey's 100%. correct. 100%. One hundred percent. Well, that about wraps up this episode of the Worldcast. As usual, people can join the debate. People can continue the conversations with you and me. You are at G from WoTV on Twitter, and I'm at Mike WoTV on Twitter as well. Until next week, make some trouble. Bye. Okay, Pooty. Uh, I'll play back the levels the way you said them. Say it on me, bleed. <laughs> Let's go!